You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Enemy of My Enemy. I've got Brian and Jacob here today. We're going to be talking about um, about uh, what we do in the Ukraine. Uh, in Ukraine, it's time to uh, it's time for peace. Everybody wants peace. What that peace will look like is very different. And I guess I shouldn't say everybody wants peace. Everybody here wants peace. Everybody in this podcast wants. Um, the American war machine does not want peace. Obviously, Russia is not interested in peace unless they get well, hold the on, thoughts. hold on. Russia wants Ukraine. a peace of yeah. Ukraine. Oh, there you go. They want <laughs> P I E C E. Very nice. Very good play on words there. The American language wins again. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by providing both some stats as well as my feelings on this whole thing um, because it's complicated. As all foreign affairs are, one of the t- one of the things that I dislike the most about foreign affairs is you're often made to feel that they are too complicated for you to have an opinion on. Now, for some people, that's obviously true. If you haven't done any studying, it's probably best to, to let the adults handle things. Um, but it really isn't entirely ungraspable. Um that you can you can kind of understand where things are at and are you know and and yes it gets a little dicey but it's nothing that you can't wrap your brain around if you pass fifth grade and you've done a report before i assume you'd be like here's what what's over here here's what's over here and here's my point of view and it's just that simple one of the things is it's tough to get um i was like trying to look at numbers for this whole thing and unfortunately, between Ukraine, Russia, and the United States, you have some governments that very much like to manipulate numbers for their side. You also have the UN that is interested in manipulating numbers as well. So is it possible to get any unbiased numbers? No, it is not. But there are certain estimations that we can make by averaging numbers out and by using some you know, uh, statisticians that, that are not... Uh, controlled by the government. And we can kind of put some things together here and there to, to figure out what's going on. Um, you're, we're looking in Ukraine. Now, this this conflict actually dates all the way back to 2014. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, I actually only found out about this recently, um, that you, uh, Ukraine had Crimea and Donbass invaded two territories of Ukraine in 2014. And uh, that's just the way it has been since that time. They have been, they've had Russian occupying forces there. So this is actually much older than you think. 
The difference here is that Ukraine is making, or that uh, Russia is making a further push into Ukraine and attempting to make two, two territories. It does not yet have, uh, it's invaded two, I guess, territories that are unoccupied. Russia has claimed both Crimea and Donbass to be part of Ukraine, or I'm sorry, to be part of Russia. But they have also claimed these two territories to be part of Russia in 2022 that they have yet to take yet. So they are making a greater push into Ukraine at large. Um, Russia's bit in this is complicated because, as you may know, they are very good with propaganda. Uh, and this is this is one of those things. Russia today is their most notable outlet. It is state controlled. It is state funded. Um, and they kind of get a huge say what goes in and out of there. Now, you may think you haven't heard of Russia today, and indeed, maybe you haven't heard of RT. You would be surprised at the number of liberty people and Republicans and even Democrats that are hired by RT to do journalism. It is wild. I had no idea how far-reaching this was. Um, it opened up a little bit to me when they did the Rage Against the War Machine rally. And I, I, I was like, well, yeah, they work for Rush Today. So what? I work for a news outlets as well. And they're like, yeah, but this is literally state paid, state run. And I was like, wow, that's amazing to me that there's so many people that have this. So Russia Today is huge. Now, as far as how much they control it, I don't know. I mean, the U.S. has... Uh, the U.S. has a bit of a journalist problem, too, as far as NPR, and uh, we've obviously had some missteps there as well. Now, exactly how much NPR is regulated? Not too much. So how much leeway does Russia today get? Meh, I'll let you guys worry that figure that out. Ukraine is not innocent when it comes to propaganda. They have also done some distorting of the truth with the numbers to make it look like they are absolutely mowing down scores and scores and scores of Russians while barely suffering any casualties, when in reality their civilian casualties are probably sitting around the 40,000 marker, um, but they're wanting to push it down and down and down and say, oh no, they, they barely even touched us. We, we got barely even a scratch, of course, because that looks good to them, you know? And the Russians, of course, on the other side are like, we have killed millions of Ukrainians, just millions of them. When reality, you know, it's we're looking at losses that are somewhere around the eighty thousand to two hundred thousand uh, dollar dollar uh, life count for both sides. So somewhere around two hundred thousand. Um, that actually has escalated. I was actually surprised how much that number has gone up in the past couple of months. We know there's a war there, but the the death tolls are starting to get higher. Um, and so this war actually is getting into more of a boiling point in case you're wondering, like, is this going to like blow over? We actually the, the deaths on uh, the death tolls in this are, are starting to actually accelerate as opposed to decelerate. Um, Ukraine also has banned the Russian Orthodox faith while it investigates its links to Russia. And if you look up uh, basically any. American journalism done about the corruption in Ukraine prior to like two years ago, you're going to find some not favorable re reviews about uh, Zelensky's role and the Ukrainian government's role in uh, civil rights. So let's not, I, I, and now <laughs> provocation is one thing, but let's, let's be clear here. We are talking about governments and they do bad things. Uh, the US, Russia, and Ukraine are unfortunately really suspect for this kind of thing. Now, something you may not know about uh, Ukraine, I do have a few notes here because this is important. 
1994, Ukraine did give up some nuclear bombs to be part of the NPT. Uh, it's a treaty among nations to just kind of, and and it's not enforceable at all, but it, you know, say, hey, we'll protect each other if you de-arm. Now, many of you think, oh, well, that really sucks for them because they had nuclear missiles. They could have protected themselves. They were actually coded by Russians and could not crack the codes, according to them. So they actually did not have functional nukes. But, you know, for the sake of, hey, what can we get out of this if we give you the nukes anyhow, instead of tinkering it and perhaps accidentally detonating one or something like that, well, you'll get to be part of a, a club where we all protect each other. Um, in case you want to know the history of us protecting clubs that give up their arms, it is not good, uh, whether it's the UN or the MPT or whatever it may be. The U.S. did interfere with a Ukrainian election. Uh as far now, this is a little less sinister. Now we've had some times in like Central America, we've just straight up like thrown money, overthrown it, you know, was like, "This is our guy. You guys suck. We're installing this Iran." Dictator. Yeah, yeah, we've had some issues in <laughs> many say, countries. Let's go back to the fifties here. Yeah. yeah, this is this is this ain't new, baby. This ain't new. We've been doing this for a while. So like, th this is something. This happened. Did did happen under Obama? Well, again, the media. Where were they on this? You probably didn't hear too much about it, but we... It was, here's a Nobel Peace Prize, Obama. Keep bombing Syria. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep killing, keep <laughs> exactly. starting, keep starting eight wars. Here's Before a new prize. he even did a damn thing in office. Here's a Nobel Peace Prize, because he's he's definitely going to stop all the bombing. Definitely. For sure. And, and this, he absolutely... This week, anytime now. <laughs> you know, uh, so, so the thing with Obama is, it, was it technically part of the democratic process? I believe it was. However, did we crazy interfere with that election? Oh, yeah. Like, through money at it, through sponsors at it, through state money at it, through state sponsors at it, you know, uh, to get somebody ousted who was indeed an elected person. And they were, they, when I say we did it democratically, we did it by what is technically legal for them. There was not a new election, though. This wasn't this was a let's get rid of your old guy through your constitutional loopholes that you have and let's get somebody who's a lot friendlier with the United States. Again, that becomes very important because the U.S. has been jerking around in the Ukraine. And this is not something that this is something that's important for Americans to do a lot of introspection on, because I was looking at this with the history of NATO and Russia and how that started. Now, you as the USSR was falling apart in 1990. 90 and 91 and they were negotiating and they were setting up nato ussr actually was a part of this process and as was russia this was actually part of the russian dissolution process and was like hey if you guys don't invade any other countries ussr because there's all these new countries now you know that you are no longer in control of right chechnya georgia dagestan ukraine belarus Right. These kind of countries. And they're scared you're going to try to take them back. So if you don't invade anybody, then we won't expand east of Germany. In 1991, uh, if, in case you're thinking I messed up on my years, no, that is the same year that this was ratified. Uh, Russia decided to help out in Georgia and help keep their independence. They just happened to leave a few extra troops there, wouldn't you know it? Uh, and America, Russians America, always helping, just just trying to help you out, right? They did the same thing in Chechnya, and this is hey, you guys are an independent nation. We're just here to help. We're just here to help. We're just here. Oh, we own you now, 
Right. So, and this was very early. So they broke their uh, peace treaties. I actually tried to count all the number of broken treaties that Russia has, uh, has the number of treaties that they have broken, and it is dozens and perhaps hundreds. Uh, Russia will say whatever they want and do whatever they want later. later. They do not care. Uh, negotiating with them is... They, they'll tell you they won't do something and they will go right back to doing it. They've negotiated peace in things and even leaving things like Crimea and Belarus before and just never left. They, they do not care. Um, another thing that they are famous for, and the, hey, the U.S. loves to do this too, is talk about how just darn popular we are when we put a gun to somebody else's head. Uh, we have literal polls literally at gunpoint in case you think i am being like exaggerating there are guns aimed at people and they vote and they say yes we want russia here now some will point to a poll done outside of this non-coerced poll right with this non-gun uh you know gun to head poll and it was i think 53 percent of the people in crimea prior to 2014 when the invasion happened uh 47 said they wanted to join russia which is almost half that's significant by far the number one factor there, like 90% plus, says because if we don't, Russia's going to invade and we're going to die. So this is not because we love Russia so much. This is because they're going to invade and kill us unless we become a part of them voluntarily. Um, so I, I guess that's about all the notes I hear I have here as far as the history goes. I, I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. Oh, I guess I have some a lot of stuff on uh, Mr. Putin. Uh, Vladimir is not a good dude. Uh, you may remember for me, the most chilling thing for him was when we were like, Hey, but you murdered all like the people who ran against you. And he's like, eh, big deal. You guys murdered Martin Luther King Jr. And he said that while he was here visiting Donald Trump, he does not care that he murders people. He does not pretend he doesn't murder people. He, he sometimes does it get staged as a suicide? Yes, but he will straight up wink at the camera and be like, <laughs> right. Listen, like, listen, he's Hillary Clinton, but with bigger balls. Okay. Like he owns it. <laughs> right. If, if if he if Hillary Clinton were not uh were not being as defiant as uh is is not trying to be innocent, we'll say that. If she were not trying to be innocent, she would be Vladimir Putin. He has could you uh, imagine the universe if if it was Putin versus Hillary and this had taken place during oh 2016 to 2020, imagine the shit storm. This just, would be. This would I be guess just... we wouldn't have an overpopulation problem. That's no, no. I, I think um, we might still have, somewhere. we wouldn't have global warming probably either. Yeah. This is oh, right. We'd have, we'd have very intense warming for <laughs> right. about a week. <laughs> <laughs> we have a huge amount of emissions for like five seconds. And then it's, and then a lot of cooling there. Um, yeah. You know, Putin, he's repealed the right to assembly. Um, he has actually killed uh, in inspectors and investigators that look into human rights. He kills journalists. Um, they have, and this is almost hard to believe if you know what happens in places like Thailand and stuff, but they have like the worst record on children as far as the planet goes. If you pick up a Russian bride and they are young, there is a reason that is a thing. Um they want out uh their orphanages that they just starve them to death and say oh yeah we'll take care of your kid and you never see your kid again um so this is this is a very bad dude uh again Zelensky. i mean when you get to the point where you're banning faiths and also banning certain journalist outlets bad 
hey, United States, would you have any familiarity with banning speech and right to assemble during, you know, just those tough times of crisis? Of course. So we have three bad actors. So here's here's just my I'm going to boil this down to just real quick here, because my thoughts are pretty simple on this. The Russian people and the Ukraine people are not your enemies. The people there are generally very good. In fact, there's a reason that Putin has to keep such a strong arm on his inter- on his uh, internet, on his popularity there. Hey, if he thought he was going to crush an election, he wouldn't kill the guy he's running against, right? He would just crush him. That's easy. Um, he is a very he's in a very sensitive, vulnerable position. He is not well liked. Uh, ask anybody who escapes, anybody who doesn't have a gun to their head that is supposed to vote for him uh and he is of course people don't love kim jong-il i mean come on right yeah right (laughs) it's popular right he's a bad dude Zelensky. this is a guy he wasn't the guy we installed but you know after the u.s got involved he is obviously a friendly person with the united states because that's what otherwise will throw you out if you're not right like this is what the united states does is he is his priority to the people of Ukraine? Hasn't always been. Has it always been? It's not to civil rights, that's for sure. And as he wasted a ton of money that has gotten sent his way, unfortunately, yes, this is actually one of the things that caused like the New York Times even to be like, wait, what's going on here? Should we be involved in this war? Because all of a sudden, the money seems to not be going where we think it's going. I don't control Central any of these actors. Unfortunately, I, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't even control the United States government, right? I wish I could tell you more about it. Uh, I wish I had more say in any of this stuff. So as far as like, if I think of myself as a citizen of the world, the Ukrainian people need to be permitted and encouraged to defend themselves against invading forces. Obviously, when you are racking up, I mean, I think Putin's armies killed like... 40,000 different people in a year. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry, innocent people, not not soldiers, innocent people um, in about a year. And that's, it, it, it's really tragic, you know? Um, and it's really, and like, so the thing is, is it's like, I, but if the US gets involved, we never get involved for the right reasons. Ask any other country we've helped out before if we did it the right way. If we helped out and we're just like, no, 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 guys, it's okay. I mean, think about stuff like Kuwait, right? Like, are, are we here for you? El Salvador, are we here for you? Argentina, are we here for you? No, of course not. Anytime we get involved, we're involved in our for our own interests. Russia's doing the same. Ukraine would no doubt do the same. With everybody with so much blood on their hands, nationally, because again, American people, not your enemy. Russian people, not your enemy. Ukrainian people, not your enemy. With all this leadership and all these nations with blood on their hands, the best we can do is hands off, not get involved, not spend any national money or any troops that Zelensky is now asking for over there. We must not get involved. It has backfired before. We could have great reasons. You right now, sitting at your computer, have great reasons to fight against Putin, just like you had great reasons to fight against the Taliban. But it doesn't work out. We already know, right? So don't let this become another one of those wars. It's okay to acknowledge that there are bad things happening. It's okay even for you to get involved. But get involved privately. Make sure your government stays out of it because otherwise it's just the beginning. You want to talk about innocent casualties? 
Afghanistan, Pakistan, anything the U.S. does in the Middle East, right? Do you want that in Ukraine as well? Do you want that in Russia as well? These are not your enemies. These people should have your sympathy and they should have our support. We should give them a lot of guns. We should just not do it at a national level. We should do it on a private label at level to help them. Everybody has a right to their self-defense. I took like freaking 20 minutes here. So you guys feel free to take a huge chunk there. Uh, Jacob, we'll start with you because as we know, you, you may have to take off on us. So go ahead and give us your thoughts. You guys should each take 10 minutes if you want it. Sure. So yeah, I mean, honestly, we're a lot closer on this than I even thought coming in. I didn't think we were that far apart, but there's not much there I would dispute there's some things i would nitpick but i don't want to really focus on the nitpicks because a i mean just economy of time and b it's just not that important to nitpick over some of the data because as you even admitted some of it's like it's a little bit it's it's at least contestable or debatable um i really want to focus in on some of the key themes going on here and i agree with the way you put it that we have three bad actors here i think that's a hundred percent the the right way to look at this and when i had scott horton on my show which that episode doesn't come out yet but we kind of made an analogy or comparison to star wars actually which like if anyone knows scott like duh like he loves to make star wars comparisons um it's not a direct political uh analogy but it's it's sort of a good thematic analogy which is in the prequel trilogy that you have the separatists and the trade federation and all that and they're kind of depicted as like the bad guys that the jedi have to go fight against but then by the end we realize oh well the real bad guys were really the galactic empire oh yeah thanks for highlighting that absolutely uh you know contact your representative about the syria war resolution 100 percent. i was gonna say i was gonna i forgot to tell you to highlight that if you hadn't already so i'm gonna go through all the comments yeah so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, but the real enemy in the Star Wars tri- uh, uh, prequel trilogy was the Galactic Empire, which had fallen under the control of a of a Sith Lord and Chancellor Palpatine, and he, you know, gradually expanded the uh, imperialist and, mil- and military powers of the Republic and centralized power, and used the Jedi and used the Clone Army to uh combat the evil that they thought you know that was the big evil but then uh, by the end they're the ones who have taken control and they're the the bigger evil and when you look at some of the reasons why the separatists were fighting it was a mixture of things that were bad and they were definitely doing bad things but some of it was based in things like i'm getting really nerdy in here i'm so if you don't like star wars this analogy won't work for you but uh yeah (laughs) so but uh you know, Count Dooku knew about the corruption in the Republic, and that's why he wanted to decentralize, why he wanted to break away, wasn't doing it in the right way. The point of this analogy is to say that, yes, I agree with everything you said, Hody, that Putin, not a great dude. Russia, yeah, I mean, there's a history of broken promises, a history of deceit. It's a, it's not a good place to live. It's not a place that's friendly to liberty. Um, the only point that I really want to drive home with people is that getting America involved is not bringing good guys to the rescue of the innocent Ukrainian people and the innocent Russian people who are getting caught up in this conflict. It's bringing a bigger bad guy into the mix and hoping that 
he does some good. And I'm really against this on on multiple fronts. I'm against this for the historic reasons that uh, you, you, not not really. Again, the political uh, landscape of the Star Wars universe does not directly map on here. It's more of a thematic analogy. It doesn't work on a direct political level. Um, but my point here is just, now. I mean, now what does work very politically is the Galactic uh, uh, Republic turning into the Galactic Empire. I mean, that is definitely 100% America, like yeah. 1,000 million percent. That is what we are. And we, we, we still think we're the good guys on the, on the global stage. And we're not, we're not even the good guys at home. Um, I mean, we, we might, I guess, you know, I'll, to give the devil his due, are we as bad as Russia right now at home? No. But, I mean, that's kind of like going really far down you know like scraping the bottom of the barrel to make a point being like well we're not that bad like, yeah but we're not that good we do have the world's biggest prison population we do have a giant mil militaristic uh uh police state that that you know definitely causes a lot of damage here at home and things are only getting worse so uh yeah i'm glad there, I'm glad there's star wars fans in the audience so <laughs> that's good uh so yeah we need to i need to really drive home that point and I think where we disagree is not so much on the laying out of the big picture. I think we again, we'll dispute over the small details, but over the, I think the big picture, you and I are in, in pretty good agreement. I don't know. I don't know how much Brian agrees. I'll let him chime in with that. Um, I'm hoping he pretty much is on board with, with that, that description you gave at the beginning, Hody. Um, you know, and some things that I would add to it, you know, America's, equally broken a lot of treaties that have uh existed so and so as nato and you know some of the facts that 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 i would also like to bring here is like uh the construction of all of these missile launchers that have been built or you know close to russian territory that can be armed with uh missiles that can carry a nuclear payload this is not something again is this me saying oh the russian invasion is justified Absolutely not. But if you could imagine some foreign country building missile launchers near America that could be armed with a nuclear payload, and you think America would just sit there and be peaceful in trying to solve that problem? Well, absolutely not. This is not to justify Russia, but rather to point out the realities of the world that we live in, which is not a like libertarian world. We live in a very you know, world that's dominated by these nation states. And I mean, some of them are better than others if you make that comparison, but in the grand scheme of things, they're all pretty bad. And so is Russia justified in the invasion? No, but there was absolutely uh, more than I can do in the time I have here, just an endless list of things that NATO and America and using Ukraine as a bit of a proxy and a, uh, you know, uh, a spot to focus a lot of this in have done to, to to raise conflicts. You know, America has not been a good actor here that has been doing the, the, everything right every step along the way and just trying really hard to avoid a war with Russia and trying really hard to promote peace in the region. And there were opportunities over, you know, the last several decades where America could have been that city on the hill, could have been that shining be shining beacon of liberty, and could have been doing their absolute best to bring peace to the... And maybe it would have failed. We don't know. I mean, there was even 
people, I mean, again, I don't have all the facts in front of me right now, but like there were talks back uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union about like, you know, maybe we should bring Russia into NATO. Maybe we should, if we're going to expand NATO, let's start with adding Russia to it as a sign of good faith and then bring all the countries between, you know, uh, Western Europe and Russia into the fold as well. You know, and maybe that wouldn't have worked, but the point is none of this was attempted. And where I'm getting, where I'm getting at is that because America has a track record of not pursuing peace, not only here in Russia, but in the world broadly, as you brought up, I mean, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, uh, I mean, there's countless, Endless. you know, examples Endless. in South America. So because of this, we cannot trust America to suddenly be doing the right thing now. They clearly want this conflict with Russia for a multitude of reasons. And I think as libertarians, the most important thing that we can do is to speak out against war and to speak out against interventionism. And it, like for us living in America, our number one priority needs to be keeping America out of this war and stopping all of the financial aid and, and military aid to Ukraine. Now, and I agree with Hody. If you want to privately support them, you want to donate to charities who are providing food and ammunitions and things like that, absolutely do that. I mean, that's your free choice. Um, the, the point, again, is that how are we going to end this conflict? Like, we, we all want peace here. We right? tell Russia to leave. That's it. Ends the conflict tomorrow. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 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 If someone breaks into your house... And you just tell them to leave and they'll leave. That that is a great strategy. Go tell go on Twitter right now, Brian. Yeah. Tell Putin to but leave yeah, yeah. and he'll well, be gone yeah. tomorrow. Right. Here's the thing. I've heard arguments from a lot of people saying that, well, we need to stay out of this war. We just need to go ahead and let Ukraine fight it and lose because you know the math. We've all done the math on this. Ukraine loses. Russia gets Ukraine. And that's not our problem. It's not our problem. Then, you know, Moldova. Not our problem. You know, it's, it's, it, they've got ethnic Russians there. Georgia, not our problem. And you're right. A lot of those are, quote, not our problem. But they are our allies' problems. They And which I know a lot of people are against foreign entanglements, NATO, things like that. I know that you, Jacob, all people have said about uh, your thoughts on NATO and how it needs to be eliminated. Um, well, but even the, just to be clear, NATO could just be an agreement without having a giant standing military. So, like, I'd even be fine with that. Okay, because so, like, the EU? It's similar to that. I mean, that's okay. not my preferred solution, but my point is well, just that, you know, like, I'm not a... I'm not going to make the perfect the enemy of the good if, you know, like so the there's... I had to get that in. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, Brian, let's let you go for a bit yeah. here, because well, I know there's a lot of debate to, uh, to be had. We, we will do that. Yeah, Give do we need to do a break? Oh, you know what? Yeah, well... You haven't really delivered your thoughts yet. I guess I'll take a break before Del Brian delivers his thoughts, and then we'll do a debate. So everybody here, hang tight real quick, and we'll be back in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
Thanks so much for hanging on, everybody. We're back. Brian, go ahead and give us your thoughts about the whole Ukraine conflict and what goes down here. Go ahead. Take your cheap shots. We'll cheap shot you back. I, I just had to get that in because, you know, the, the, there's there's some points here on this. And get me don't get me wrong. The U.S. has screwed up a lot of things. And Russia has screwed up a lot more things. And China has screwed up a lot more things. And everybody has screwed up a, a lot of things. If you look at any large association of people, and I'm going to quote uh, George Carlin here, one person is beautiful. You see the beauty in their eyes and the wonder of the universe in them. And you start putting more people together and that disappears. It's it gets stupider and we have places then it becomes criminal like Russia. So I'm going to peel this onion back a little bit and maybe we can work through this couple of things. We're going to disagree on a few items. We're going to agree on a few. So start off big picture, Russia being a part of NATO. Was that offered? Yes. Was it realistic? Probably not because Russia was going through its own internal collapse when these things were happening. I was there. I was, I watched the wall come down. I've been to Berlin, held the wall, blah, blah, blah. To compare now to then during the Cold War when there was the fact of imminent nuclear apocalypse by somebody, you know, sneezing on the tapes and accidentally loading up the, the uh, war, you know, the war uh, practice tapes. You know, it's a well, little it's a bit good different. Thing there's world. no threat of nuclear apocalypse now. Well, there's a far lower risk of it. If you think that now is a I'm not saying it's a sin, I know, time, higher, oh, no, no, but to, I, but to be dismissive of it is just completely naive and reckless. Really? Hang on here. Let's yes. go over this here. Okay. Let, so let's let's let Brian go. We'll we'll let, we'll, let's go we'll over deconstruct this. him in a moment here. What were, let me ask you, how many nuclear missiles were there at the time? Peak peak nuclear missile production between the US and Russia. How many? Ballpark. Well, I don't have the figures in front of me. I'll give but you that the doesn't numbers. really matter because we still have enough between America and Russia to blow the entire world to Let, kingdom come. Hey, that's okay. I just <laughs> won't say anything. That's okay. I can stop. We had Russia had about 17,000, US had about 15,000. Now think about that. 17,000, 15,000. And these weren't little tiny like bombs. They were big ones. They were the big ones because the targeting system sucked. And you threw a big bomb because you wanted to hit something. And you know what? doesn't matter. Now the bombs are a lot smaller. They're a lot more miniaturized. And they're a lot more accurate. And also the numbers are far lower. The four numbers are in the single digit thousands, if not less. And more, actually, that's more along the lines of using airburst over crown burst, but we'll talk about that later, scientific libertarian. So let's go back here. So NATO, Russia, you know, the whole thing of us having nukes on their border. We've had nukes on the Russian border. They've had nukes on our border uh, all throughout Europe and things like that for the past, what, uh, 60 years, 50 years. Hold on, hold on. I mean, man, yes, we have. Yeah, Turkey. Do you not think the location of those bases and those missile launchers matters like in terms of strategically where sure. you're placing them sure it does okay. matter but okay. the thing, and russia had a right to go ahead and go into cuba and do that now was kennedy right to go ahead and blockade cuba probably not did he go ahead and do a back-end deal to say he's going to go ahead and take the juno missiles out of turkey and go ahead and allow russia to go ahead and kind of walk away quietly get what they want kennedy got what he wanted and then kennedy Kennedy got something else that he didn't want, but that's a different story together. So this gets back to now NATO expansion. NATO expansion, does NATO have a right to exist and does NATO have the right to take in new members? All of the countries that were former Warsaw Bloc members suddenly wanted to join NATO. Now, was that because they invaded? Was that because the U.S. threw a bunch of money at them? What was it? No, it was more along the free will. I remember when Poland 
which, by the way, if you recall and read history, Poland was always a big uh, thorn in Russia's uh, side, especially with the solidarity movements like Valencia, everything else that was going on during the 80s. Now, I'm going to keep going here and try to go with um, so much more to go through on this. So we know Ukraine, corrupt as hell. Russia, I think that's a different level. That's kind of like comparing me and Jacob and our love of Jesus, okay? We know that Ukraine is a criminal, has criminal organization, but Russia's been the top for a long time, okay? And, and with looking at all of that, if you can seriously sit there and say Ukraine is just as bad as Russia or just a little bit worse. Did worse. I say that? Oh, we're going to go technical? Awesome. Okay. Uh, no, seriously. I mean, Jacob, the thing is this. The biggest thing that has to stop right now that ends the killing, that, that promotes peace and everything else is Russia withdraws and we apply the pressure that we can. Do I want U.S. troops in, in Ukraine? Hell no. Does the EU want to put their troops in Ukraine? Hell no. But what's Russia doing? Russia's continuing to go ahead and invade and throw bodies at the problem because that's what Russia does in every single war that they've ever participated in. Look at World War II, look at World War I, go through the history of all the Russian wars. They start off shitty. They go ahead and throw bodies at the problem and that eventually they win, which is what's going to happen here in Ukraine, unfortunately. Now, when that happens, when that happens, because it's going to happen, there's U.S. troops are not going to be going in. Okay, but when that happens, what do we do at that point? Do we sit there and wait for Moldova to fall? Do we sit there and wait for any other countries in the EU to fall? Do we go ahead and let Georgia get completely taken over? What is the demarcation point? Is there a demarcation point in your world? Because if there isn't, if there isn't a demarcation point, why, why are we doing business with these countries? Seriously. And at what point then do the other countries say, just like what happened in Crimea, where they all said, you know what? Sure, 47% of us want to be part of Russia because 90% of us don't want to die. And at what point do we stop standing up for freedom on these countries? Now, do I think we should go with nukes and troops and everything else? No. But there has to be, just as John Josh is saying there, there has to be a ceasefire. One way or another, there has to be a ceasefire and a withdrawal. And without doing that, and if Putin's going to go ahead and say, I'm going to keep throwing bodies at this meat grinder to sit there and sit there and say, well, Russia and Ukraine are just both terrible kind of countries. You kind of think Russia is probably the more terrible one. And at this point, they're being the real asshole of the whole thing. So at this point, I don't have a problem really too much with sending weapons over there. The billions, the accounting, everything else, yes, that needs to be well documented. And of course, our news media has got their thumb up their butts, worried if, uh, if we are, should put masks back on for COVID. But they should be looking at that and they should be going and taking a look at what's going on. And if you look at the history of Russia, you look at the history of what they've done in the past, they do this behavior over and over and over. And, and somebody eventually has to stand up to it. And it sucks. And I don't want the U.S. to be the world's policeman. Okay. I want right. the EU to do it. Now, Ann, you talked for 10 minutes. I've only talked for seven. Give me a break. Oh, no, I didn't get a full <laughs> 10 minutes. You cut me off right at the eight-minute mark. <laughs> it, was 20 minutes when I, it was 20 minutes when I started. You cut me off right at 28. Anyhow. The, the other Listen, thing is what is. All right. Yeah. So you asked who's going to stop Russia if they just keep going. All right. Let me turn the question on you. Who's sure. going to stop America, Brian? 
we keep on we us. keep on fucking up the Middle East. How, we keep how, on fucking up South America. We keep yeah. on fucking up here in our own country. We're an oppressive uh, regime to our own country. Sure. We're as bad as Russia. So does that does that does that matter if we're not like oh the people suffering Vietnam? in America under American rule? They don't Vietnam. really matter because they don't Vietnam. have it as bad as Russia. So who's going to stop us? Uh, how did we stop Vietnam? Massive protests. Massive protests right here. Not the not the one that was had the guys waving the Russian flags behind the Libertarian Party head. Uh, not that kind of a protest. Massive protests where we say, look, we're tired of participating in bullshit wars for no purpose whatsoever. I mean, seriously, think about this. North Vietnam, South Vietnam, North Korea, South Korea, things like that. All these other wars that we've participated in back then where we threw way more bodies at. Way more bodies and more body bags came home than anything that we've done in the past 20, 30 years. I'm not justifying them, but what I'm saying is massive protests at home stopped the Vietnam War. It How made long it did it so take for those protests to stop the war, Brian? Seven, eight years. Yeah. Do, do you How many start? people died? Yeah, uh, 60,000. How many people died in Afghanistan and Iraq combined? Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> my point is, and my point is, my point is, and, and, we left Afghanistan shittily, my, 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 I might add, okay, really terribly, might I add, not setting up the country to succeed, might I add, but we left those countries in a terrible state, yes, and I don't like going in and stuff like that, but Russia's the aggressor here. Russia's gone in and invaded this country, killed 200,000 people. 200,000 people have died in this war so far. And that's that's a ballpark estimate by what's going on. You but take your solution is to keep that going. Your solution is let's keep on giving them weapons. And we, we can't we have to put a line in the sand. We have to stop Russia. So at the end of the day, I'm advocating that we need to stop war and, and pursue okay. alternative paths to peace. And you're saying, what's no, your we have to continue the right. war. Let's Which, let's let me moderate a bit here. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, what is your path to peace look like right now? Because I don't think, you know, I, we're bringing in a lot of our baggage of discussions we've had in the past, but this is our audience. They might know. So, Jacob, what is your solution for peace in Ukraine? Listen, I don't have a master solution. What I do know is that the incentives matter. And right now, no one has any incentives for, I mean, now the, the people who are dying, of course, want the war to stop, but the governments involved, they don't have any major incentives for this war to stop because, uh, you know, no one's in a position where they have that they have everything to gain and really nothing to lose. So, I mean, other than nuclear war, but, you know, our, our leaders are idiots, so <laughs> they don't care about that. Uh, the the solution is, A, we have to live in reality and we have to stop playing this like this this stupid like American revisionist history game where we're the good guys. We got to go in there and stop the bad guys. Like you know, I mean, how many world wars does it take until we realize that 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 we always end up worse on the back end? Like the the World War One, terrible. World War Two, terrible. I'm sure World War Three will go great this time. Like no, it's not going to. So if you're expecting a perfect solution where the war stops. Russia goes back to their side and everyone lives happily the ever after. And it's just picture perfect. You are not living in reality. Okay. There are two ways that this war can end. One is with like a million dead, like millions dead. Cause this war goes on for like another four years or five years or 10 years. 
or we can stop the the fucking war machine. We can stop the death machine now. And listen, I don't know exactly what's on the other side because I don't have a I don't have a freaking crystal ball. But I do know that what we have to do is, uh, I mean, we have to stop the killing. And then we need to hold our government accountable to stop mucking things up, stop going in there and and provoking things. Stop. I mean, it is so freaking obvious, Brian, that America wants this war with China, that they want to go to war <laughs> with, with Russia, that they they okay. want it. That that is what the regime wants. They're gearing up for it. That's what the neocons have been talking about. And okay. we either as libertarians are the voice against that or we don't stand for anything of principle. So, okay. so just, just let me just real yep, quick, here, Jacob. What are like just simply? What would you be okay to give up to get a ceasefire? And how would you like? How how would you suppose that ceasefire might listen? Be maintained? Listen, if if the choices, let's get down to brass tacks. If yeah. if the choice comes down to Russia will not end the war unless they get to keep some part of the Donbass. I am not going to elevate that piece of land over, well, let's just fight a war for the next five to 10 years where Russia gets it anyway, and we have millions dead, and we're risking nuclear Armageddon. Like, sorry, that is no, just no, I, not a... That I, I is think not... we all understand, we understand <laughs> the consequences here. But I, for me, I'm just saying, I, what I'm trying to nail down here is Russia has, will not take just the Donbass and just Crimea. They also went to major chunks that they haven't taken yet in ukraine to stop doing this so what i'm asking you is do you give them that do you not how, how would you go about what i've said saying, before is that all sides need to come to the negotiating table and there will have to be concessions on all sides so america probably going to have to you know tear down some of those those missile bases probably gonna have to start honoring some of those treaties again probably gonna have to stop funneling so much you know, money and foreign aid and weapons into Ukraine okay. and promised to have less of a presence there. Russia, it's not going to, you know, like I would say Russia, you don't get to keep everything, but it's, you know, you got to give something to Russia or they don't have any incentive to stop the fucking throwing all the bodies they have at the dog pile. So yeah, you'll probably have to throw them a little bit of a bone in terms of saying you'll get to keep these parts of the Donbass and these parts of, of, of Crimea and Ukraine. Well, they've already like, taken listen, those. They yeah. want more. Yeah, they, they want, want they want what they haven't created yet. Did, I, I have to check. Is the Sudetenland still on the list? Does Russia still want the Sudetenland? Do we know well, I that? Because I think here's the I thing, Jacob. I, I am more I am more on your side than Brian. Because actually, I'm going to get to you, Brian, in just a second. Because I do have a lot of pushback with that. Because I I do think that the United States needs to get out and get not involved. My thing with you, Jacob, and I think where we've had disagreements on this in the past is what do you give to Russia? that they say they'll stop that you know they're going to break that treaty in maybe months i mean you know probably right for knowing their history right so what do you give them because they have nukes because they're and and they are scary all that stuff you're saying totally true they have nukes nuclear armageddon is scary they are scary people there's not a lot putin won't do right like i, I am not at all trying to downplay their terrifyingness what i'm saying is what do you do how what what do you sacrifice for the people in Ukraine because of the Russian aggression to make the aggression, Russian aggression stop? And then how do you keep it stopped? Because otherwise, what's the point of negotiating at all, knowing they'll just keep doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, listen, I mean, it's not like there's a easy solution. My only point is that war is not a solution either. And then if we're looking at the two options in front of us, 
of either escalating this into a global conflict and a war that might last five to 10 years with all the, you know, potential ways that that could go wrong. And Russia probably ends up with a lot of that land anyway. And now it's war torn and we have millions dead versus we have to listen. It's, it's just like when someone says, well, how are you going to end slavery? How are you going? How is libertarians? How are we going to set the world free? No one has the perfect answers to these questions. But as a libertarian who is fundamentally anti-war, what I say is, first, we take violence on a massive scale like that that's going to kill millions of people. And we've tried that, you know, dozens of times before and it doesn't work. We take that off the table. And then, yeah, we we start that hard road of trying to find the peaceful solutions and there, I mean, you know, off the top of my head, it's not like I'm, I mean, if I actually had the answer to this, I wouldn't be on a podcast. I would be you know, going out there and doing it. No one has the like silver bullet that's going to like, oh, the war is going to stop and Russia suddenly not going to be terrible ever again. Like, no, that would be naive thinking. My point is to be anti-war is to be anti-war, which means like we stop the war. We don't fight a five to 10 year war that isn't going to lead to anything good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Brian, go ahead. You had a, you had a, go ahead. Uh, a few, a few little things. Um, if we go ahead and stop the aid and Ukraine falls, does that really stop the death machine? D- does that stop? No, what I'm, stop? what I'm saying is does it has to the be a negotiated stop, piece. Yes or no. Does the death stop? Yes or no. Because we have, con- we have proof here on what they've done in occupied territories where they've gone in and mass murdered citizens who weren't out waving Russian flags or just because they were walking down the street. There's plenty of videos out there on that. So I think you can agree that the death doesn't stop if Ukraine falls. I mean, that's what but, that's what's happened. Right. But that's so, not what I what I said was not that but, Ukraine. So, what I'm saying is that we need to basically tell Ukraine that we're not going to be giving you all this support anymore and that we need to approach Putin and we need to sit down and we need to start talking ceasefire, ending the conflict and working up, you know, some kind of agreement to try to uh, pursue a long-term peace in this region. Now, do I trust America to do that? Do I trust Russia to do that? No. But the point is the alternative is war and that is not better. Okay. Hey, and so if you're Jacob, if you're proposing Jacob, a magic, Jacob, no, let me last Jacob. sentence. If you're proposing the magical third option where we escalate and everything goes great, you're living in fucking fantasy land. Or I'm you? Not done. I'm sorry, you are. Because here's the thing. Hang on. So it's a tie game. It's 68-68 or 69-69 because you know what? I got to do it anyway. So it's 69-69. We've got 30 seconds left. It's a basketball game. You've got all your players in. And you know what the coach says? The coach comes up and says, hey, you know what? We're not going to play our starters anymore. I want you to go get me the JV team, okay? And go put them out there against one of the toughest teams in the world. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and stop the game and we're going to tell the other team to go ahead and, hey, it's time to negotiate that we go ahead and end this in a tie. Or that you maybe, you know, you win 70. No, because that's not what's going to happen. When you say we're stopping military aid, we're stopping everything, which means all the logistics, which means all of the all of the super secret spy shit that we're doing for Ukraine. All of that ends. 
how quickly does Russia stop and go, oh, okay, they're stopping? Or well, are no, they maybe, no, no, I mean, maybe we're like, getting hung up here on a, you know, we, we might be, we might be talking past each other here. Oh. I'm not saying you pull the weapons out and then say, and the support out, and then go pursue peace. What you say is, all right, Russia, you know, you tell Ukraine, we're, we, we need to find the end game here. We can't continue to give you this stuff. We need to go and talk about negotiated ceasefire. And if Zelensky says no, say, okay, but if you're not going to cooperate, then that's when we're going to put a end, an end date to our support. And and haven't they tried negotiations? I mean, at the beginning of the war, they were doing negotiations. Yeah, and Russia and, was negotiating. And Zelensky in bad wanted faith. to sign some of them, and America told them not to because they wanted to go to war with Russia. Okay, so well, then if we want to go to war with Russia, why don't we have the troops on the ground right now? I mean, it's a year. Because well, what we what we want to do is fight so, proxy wars because that's more fun for us. It's oh, proxy wars are more fun. But but wait, a minute, you want us? You saying the U.S. is wanting this war with Russia? We're wanting to war with China. So we want to start a two front war, which all in all of history has always gone very well for anyone who starts it. Just ask Hitler, uh, just ask Napoleon. So I, I don't understand how, Jacob, that you think that America really wants to start a war in China and Russia, even as a proxy war. I don't understand how that's something that's in America's interest. Seems how Americans would stand up to that. Our leaders like, are idiots. That's what? Now, hold on. That one I feel I can't answer. There's more than just okay. idiocy to this. We America likes proxy wars because we spend money. And that right. provoked that. Yeah, it's the economy. military industrial complex. Right. And, it's, yeah, and right. it's the increasing of American hegemony and, and American dominance ah. on the world stage because we don't want anyone to deal with anybody but us. OK, but hang on. Let me ask you the question here on this. How many Americans die in those wars? How many? I mean, there are protests. I remember the protest with Cindy Sheehan and everything else. Uh, over the Iraq war. I remember some of the protests on the Afghanistan war, things like that. How many but dead body Americans would we have? And what do you think that would do politically to either party that's endorsed that? What do you think would happen? I mean, it could be bad, but we're talking about political could be bad? versus what's good for. Oh, no, I'm sorry. If we put uh, boots on the ground, it will be bad. No, I'm, we'll, I'm talking about those that. people. I mean, right. I want you to think about this a second. So we've supported Okay, and I'm going to okay, broaden the scope here. We've supported Taiwan for 60, 70 years, which, again, the people saying that Taiwan's part of China is, frankly, Still. when the LP posted yeah. that, I was like, why did the LP embarrassing? Yeah, that was beyond embarrassing. Right. Um, but the thing is this. Ukraine's its own country. Russia invaded. They're the aggressors. Right. When In World War II, Germany was the aggressor. They invaded other countries. World War One, Germany, Austria, all the others were the aggressors. They invaded other countries. Okay, I think I think That's, Brian here, yeah. you've You're established the, the neocon pattern. talking points really well, Brian. Well, no, no, but no, uh, here's but, the thing. But, but, I okay. Brian is correct yeah. that there's a problem, right? Like letting, but he's ignoring the provocation, Tody. <laughs> no, but here's Jacob, are you going to invade me now? Oh no, my I mean, gosh! Seriously. All right, now here's the thing, like. Every country has is provoked to every country, right? Yeah. Like we just it's the way everything's set up right now. So much like trigger. There's this. so many reasons that you could say, you know, reasons you give to invade a country. I think the issue is is both of you are citing legitimate histories, right? Mm -hmm. We know if we pull back now, regardless of what we negotiate with Russia, they will continue to evade Ukraine. That that is simply a fact. The other fact is if America continues to get involved, we will simply keep going and going and throwing money and dead bodies will continue to pile up. 
Both of these facts are true. So therefore, neither one may be an acceptable solution to most people, right? Because what we're doing here is, I mean, one of the big, 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 huge reasons the lefty red fash crowd wants to get, get NATO out and pull back or whatever is they like this aggression. This is fantastic. Let's have Putin keep going, right? Like we know that if we pull back, he'll continue to invade and he'll continue to take over independent countries. We like this. This is fantastic. We're Soviets. This is amazing, right? We love that this is happening. Like these are the, these are the war Z people, right? We know that at the same time, I think we know with just as much evidence that if America continues to be involved, it will continue to not be for the right reasons. It will continue to be expensive. Civilians will continue to die. Like I, I, I believe there's an ethical way for us to do this, but I don't believe that solution will come from the United States. I don't believe it'll come from the Ukraine and I don't believe it'll come from Russia. It'll like I don't, the EU. I mean, it's I, the, it's their back door, and and they should be leading this. That, and, that's and my opinion. I, and maybe that's something. That UO, I, I've never said in this podcast or, or on Twitter or anywhere else, right? Anything about the EU getting involved? Because that's not my business. I don't I don't live in the EU. If EU wants to get involved, they're their neighbors. Like I wouldn't have as much of a problem if Canada was being invaded. I would have less issue coming to their defense than I would with what we're doing in Ukraine. But again, we can't truncate the antecedents. We can't ignore that. And we didn't have time to go into it in this podcast, but right. it, it's not, listen, the, the, the provocation of Russia was not just us sticking the middle finger up at them. There was way more provocation than that. How many was going do I on. need to trigger a country to, to provoke an invasion? I mean, do no, I, do it, I... it doesn't listen. It doesn't make it OK for Russia to invade. But this is pl- th- what, what this is doing is basically you're Kathy Newman with Jordan Peterson going. So what you're saying is, no, what I, I'm, yeah, I have never said Russia was OK to invade. What I'm saying is we can be against the invasion and the provocations. Oh, yeah. But but the, the question is, this is that is the provocation that, hey, I want to be friends with them. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Because no, it's not again. This is yeah. so. What this is doing? This is a yeah. composition fallacy. Where no, you go? It, yes, it is. It's one hundred. You do I, this. Josh right. Equal does this. It's oh. it's it's a comp. It is a composition fallacy where you look at one individual thing that happened and go, well, this isn't this isn't enough to reasonably yeah. provoke war. Oh, like, no. okay. Add oh, up sorry. the hundred different things that have happened over the history that extends back even before 2014. Okay, just going back all the way yeah. to the collapse of the Soviet Union till now, there have been there's been a history of you know, things that Russia has done that have been bad, and a history Hold of things that America more. and NATO Hold have done. <laughs> Killing 30 million Ukrainians. Yeah, you're right. Russia's done some bad things. I mean, there's so guys. I mean, we're we're at time here, and I understand. Yeah, my my thing is, you have two different points of view, and this is yeah. I I understand, and and frankly, I think both of you are wrong, and so I'm just going to go ahead and take the last word here, right? Because here's the thing, I, I I get what Brian's saying in the calculus of the way things are set up, and that it's like if you just let this go, we know what happens, right? And at the same time, I understand what Jacob's saying, because I have absolute confidence that the United States will kill innocent people as well, we continue one, to get involved, and we thing, will continue I... to do terrible things if we continue to be involved. So what's the solution to this? Well, guys, here's the thing, and we've talked about this on this show before. Most of the solution, this is where I think we can all probably come together a little on, is you would much rather prevent these issues than try to fix them after they've happened. Because I truly think 
It's all a disaster right now. And there's no solution you're going to hear on any podcast that's not going to sound like a total disaster because it's a disaster. It's already a disaster. And there's no, like, there's no real cleaning it up nicely. The issue here is one of the things that I think that we need to have a hard look at and something that maybe we can think about in the future is America very rarely invades its business partners. In fact, we've invaded people to force them to become business partners. Right. Right. (laughs) So does that mean we should start sanctioning more? Right. Are we hurting people when we sanction or are we hurting the people we think we're hurting when we do that? Here's the thing. If we have more business connections, what if we did this with Cuba now that we've brought them up? If we said, please, you know, let, let's do good business with you. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm not saying you fix Fidel Castro. He's always going to be a bad guy. But when you put a bad oh, guy good. in a position, I mean, Fidel Castro wow. is a yeah. terrible guy. I don't want to. Anytime you say like, oh, I guess he's bad or I guess he's no saint. We're talking about a, we've discussed on the show a lot of people responsible for some of the worst atrocities humanity has ever known. We're talking in like the top 0.1 percent worst human beings on the entire planet. OK. And I'm not saying you fix these guys, you know, like somebody once brought this up and they was like, listen, if you have free markets, it's not like Al Capone just becomes a nice math teacher, right? He's still Al Capone, right? Like he's still a bad dude, right? But is Al Capone have the influence that he's able to have without the prohibition? And is Fidel Castro as bad a dude as he is if the United States isn't overtly hostile, right? Now, we can't control a lot of people, right? But I think open trade helps. I think I think when we open these trades and we have these friendly agreements, that is something that could have been a preventative bomb on this. Yep. Think about this because, and I want people thinking about this in the future because there's a million of these ki- kinds of conflicts that are going to keep popping up. And, and just think back, what could we do? Because what you can do to prevent it is happening right now. Right now, what we do, we're having big protests for Ukraine, big protests for Russia, right? There's all these big protests going out there in the world. Right. That people want to say like, ah, down with NATO or yes, NATO or more NATO or less NATO or 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 yes, Russia, no Russia. Yes, Ukraine, no Ukraine. But what we aren't talking about is all these countries that that we're going to be dealing with militantly if we don't open up things economically with them. And I think that that's something that that I'm hoping at least we can at least kind of agree on. here. I I absolutely agree. Yeah, and I want to bring up one one interesting point, Odie, you're exactly correct. And that's the best example of that is Vietnam. Vietnam right now, our trade, our trade with Vietnam is growing to the point where a country in the area who's worried about its sphere of influence is not happy that the Vietnamese are trading more with America. A country yeah. that's been invaded, by the way, by that country that wants that sphere of influence several times. <laughs> right. So obviously this goes down to we need to open up. We are demonizing Russians in general. This is something which we shouldn't, this which is we not, shouldn't, right? This, yeah. I mean, we've been doing this. This isn't even new. This is like Boris and Natasha on Bullwinkle, right? Rocky <laughs> Bullwinkle. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. The Russian people aren't your enemies. Yep. And we should be doing things. Look, I'm not saying, oh, what? Just open things up for Putin. No, we're opening things up for oil refiners. We're opening up things up for metal manufacturers. We're opening things up for... For, for people to do business, right? Here you go. Like, repeal, repeal all the gun laws in America and repeal all trade laws. Freely trade a bunch of AR-15s over right. to, to, to to Eastern Europe. Or, I mean, and right. I definitely don't 
do anything illegal to get them over there right now. Yeah. Absolutely don't do that. Well, so one uh, of go ahead. Brian. I was gonna say <laughs> the one thing that I do want to get into on this is that 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 we've been the Ukraine war has had significant impacts in a lot of different uh fields that 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 touch everything from agriculture to yeah. science to everything else because they were they were basically single source producer for urea for fertilizer for argon xeon uh krypton for any of the noble gases that are used a lot of they wheat were, stuff too yeah i mean wheat wheat yeah. i mean that's we we've been very lucky we've dodged pretty much a bullet on on uh, starvation in northern africa so and, and then water rights and things like that so i mean the reality is yes it, the best thing that would happen would be that we go ahead and encourage trade we encourage these countries to trade. The problem is there are countries out there who don't want that to happen. Right. They want to maintain their sphere of influence over and over again. They want the trading coming back to Mother Russia or to Mother China. They don't want the trade going to the United States. In fact, you heard Xi today. He already said that the United States is the greatest problem because the Chinese economy isn't growing as fast, and it's all the United States' fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's it's also but it's also important to point out that America is not exactly just pro free trade across the board either. No, but we're better so, than most most of the major countries. I mean, there's tariffs in almost every country you go to now, which is terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wrote a paper on it and I could tell you free trade is the, 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 the lucrative free trade that took place between Israel, Saudi Arabia, using Jordan as the intermediary in the 80s and 90s is what eventually opened up a lot of the things that happened in that country because Israel was such a producer of medical supplies and high-tech gear. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they couldn't get them in these other countries because there was no regional trade partners. So you just created basically an LLC in Jordan, made in Jordan, and it got out. And guess what? That opens the world. Free trade opens the world, opens eyes, opens minds, and it ends the stupid crap like you have what's right. going on. In, oh, yeah. In your- I 100% agree. I, I got to go. I'll close just a little bit uh, with this, which is that, uh, yeah, I think, Hody, you nailed it on the head. Uh, and I think that there is no perfect solution. But, yeah, to summarize, I don't think that escalating things in the war is the right way through this. Uh, we don't know the limits of human innovation in the free market. And my general rule of thumb is that when we take violence off the table, and part of this is not just libertarianism, part of this is my Christianity, but I just believe that when we take violence off the table and we force ourselves to find peaceful solutions, even up against insurmountable odds, opening free trade and and innovation in the free market, it it's not a cop-out answer because we've seen this happen before. We've seen how the free market helped to uh, basically make slavery like, you know, not much. I mean, I'm not saying slavery is gone in the world, but part of what has eliminated the institution of slavery to the point that it's been eliminated is technological innovation because it, it like we actually hit a point where it was like, actually, it's more money to keep a slave alive and to take care of them than it is to buy the machine that does the work easier. Um, and then, you know, other, uh, there's other, th- I'm oversimplifying a lot of history in 30 seconds here. <laughs> My point just being that, uh, yeah, I'm always going to be on the side of uh, removing violence from our options. I'm not saying self, what I mean by that is escalating violence. I'm, I'm, 
people defending themselves is not what I'm what I have a problem with. What I have a problem with again is there. I'm not trying to oversimplify this. I'm not saying Russia, Ukraine, and America are just all equally bad actors. Okay, it is clear that Russia is the worst actor. Okay, in terms of they're the ones who have actively invaded a country. Yes, but the motivations of America at play here have not been noble. They have absolutely been toying with this region, toying with this region for a long time, and it's because they've been trying to weaken Russia, not out of some like like idea of altruism and trying to expand freedom to the Russian people, but to increase American hegemony. And I think that Um, America is more interested in increasing their dominance on the world stage than they are in freedom. And so again, going back to that star Wars analogy, we have to be wary of America going out there and fighting wars in the name of protecting people and fighting the bad guys because, you know, we got demons in our closet, too, just waiting to get out. And I think part of what now there and there have been instances in the past where the outcry from the American people has held restrained that war machine back. And so to that extent, what you brought up earlier, Brian, I agree with you. But my point is that that just ever increases the need, in my opinion, why we have to double and triple down on opposing all wars and all interventions. Because the minute we give the warmongers an inch, they take a mile. The minute we say, you know what, it's okay to put a little bit of support into this one spot of the region, suddenly we're engaged in World War III and millions are dead. And I, I 100 million percent say that we have to avoid that. And that doesn't okay. mean that we have perfect no. solutions ahead of us on the other side, but we have to explore them and we have to do our best at finding them. How, how many nuclear weapons do I need to have to invade anyone I want? Just give me a number. Five, ten, no, again, 20. No, Brian, this is that, again, this, this is this is you. This is you doing the Kathy Newman thing. So what you're saying no, is you it's 100 percent. It's 100 percent. Millions from dead, millions from dying. Fine. I've always asked this question. How many nuclear weapons do I need to have? to invade anyone I want. Seriously, if your only fear is they have a they have enough nuclear weapons to blow up I'm not, everybody. No, no, no. I'm not even saying the nuclear weapons. We could have no nuclear weapons deployed, have a 5 to 10 year war with, you know, uh, escalation with Russia and there would still be at least hundreds of thousands dead. Okay, but that's what's going on right now in Ukraine, so I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands. So anyhow i you know i i Hody, i know we're way over time here but i mean just at the end of it the thing is is that we we sit here and say we want to stop war and i'm i'm agreement in that but everybody that comes to the table has to be it has to want to end the war themselves and Hody, as you said we give them lands that really going to stop them probably not we've played this history several times over and over again it's a shitty situation and it'd be lovely to go ahead and have the war end tomorrow. But the idea that the U.S. wants to go ahead and continue this war and start one in Taiwan is a little ludicrous overall. So I find it somewhat, saying, Brian, I, I find it I'm somewhat sorry? believable just because the U.S. has enjoyed proxy wars for a long it, time. To promote their wars, but but the thing is, is that the, the you know, the numbers trying to invade Taiwan, it's not Ukraine. 
It's not Normandy. Yeah, you're talking about 30,000 Chinese paratroopers dead before they get in sight of Taiwan just yeah, no, because what, 100 miles away. Whether whether it's a proxy war or whether we put boots on the da- on the ground ourselves, it's kind of besides the point. It's still millions, it's still thousands dead if it's a short-term conflict, and the longer it it, it the longer that pans out and the more uh we enable those things to happen, the the more the the, num- the death toll just keeps on rising. So no, okay. I think uh, you know I think we just have different uh, perspectives on war, and I just think that you always immediately try to end the conflict as quickly as possible and look for peaceful solutions. And, and I don't believe in I don't believe in using one bully to push back another bully. We've tried that; it doesn't work. We've also gone ahead and let the bully kick the crap out of the kids in the schoolyard, and that doesn't work either. So. But you know what we haven't tried? We haven't tried increasing freedom here at home and trying to expand that out. I mean, I think think that that's the thing is like a lot of this is and I think that's where it comes to. This isn't going to look good because here's the thing. Statists create problems that statists have to solve. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. and so this is their desire is to like have this thing to just be like, oh, well, I created this problem. The only way I can undo this responsibly is with statism. You look at our pull out of Afghanistan, right? And I'm over here, anti-word of the court, get out of there, leave, run as fast as you can. And then it's like, okay, well, we screwed it up and we left a whole bunch of stuff back there and we actually ended up, they fell into the hands of the enemy and they now have them. And these people are really, really crappy about human rights and killing people. Killing women, you know, closing schools, poisoning. All that, all that jazz, right? They're terrible, right? And so- (laughs) <laughs> right i mean it's not right but here's the thing it well now it is our problem and as a, as a libertarian this is a, a, an infraction against one person's liberty liberties and infraction against all our liberties yep. this is individualism right the collectivized mate say that's their problem this is our problem this is our problem this is her, her problem our problem no this is any infractions against human beings should concern us yeah. we should become involved the difference is, is our kind of involvement is not with the state. And this is kind of right. the well, tricky that's, that's issue I mean. that we're it's having America's, here. It's not the American government's problem to go solve. Yeah. Well, I, and I know that's what you meant, but when you when it comes across that way, it, that it's like, oh, it's not a problem. I don't care because a lot of people. Right. But when you tell them people, liberty is leave me alone. Leave them alone. Leave her alone. Leave them alone. And I just expect I'm going to do it. Everybody wrong. else is going to do it, too. Right. Well, no, that's not the way it works. And so that is why we have to form coalitions as in, of individuals to come together to say, hey, an infraction against one individual is an attack on individualism for everyone. And so we need to do something about it. Now, we do need to be equally vocal. And this is why I kind of get caught in the middle so often on these kinds of things is because on one hand, People are really good about not filling in the blanks, right? Because they'll just be like, one is just like, hey, I never said we needed to not get involved or I never said we had to get involved. It's like, right. But when you spew nonstop Russian Today propaganda about the Azov Battalion, right, which they've been promoting since 2014. By the way, Azov Battalion fully captured. I don't know if some of you guys knew that. Like, that's it, actually, been, they've been, they were captured with Mary Paul Fell. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you knew that. I didn't know that. I had to find this out looking this up because people still call the Ukrainians Nazis, right? Yeah. Like, so when you spout off nothing but Russian Today stuff and just be like, well, I never said we needed to get involved. Or, okay, but then here's the other side of that coin, right? 
is we got the government and the CIA absolutely has talking points. And the FBI absolutely, we know the FBI, I mean, heck, they got involved for weird Facebook stuff, right? They're in like private DMs with like Mark Zuckerberg and all that like weird, like Jack Dorsey and stuff. And they're making deals and everything like that. What do we want? We want you to promote this. We don't want you to promote this. We want you to promote this escalation. We don't want you to talk about this very much. So we know- let me but just they, say this. Have I have I brought up Nazis once during this this episode? No. My no, my no. point just being when Brian, this is why you're doing a Kathy Newman, when you instantly oh, turn off. it around when you it, it's <laughs> what when you instantly turn it around to, oh well, I guess Russia can do whatever it wants, as if that's my position, that's just disingenuous. It's not like, well the thing is this if okay, hang on here. A criminal's broken into my house and my daughter is in there, he's been known to rape and, and torture women. And it goes into my neighbor's house and does that. What's going to happen in there, do you think? I see him break in. I hear the girl screaming. Not my problem? He's strapped. He's strapped. <laughs> exactly. It's what we're trying to do for Ukraine. Thanks for joining our side. Um, no, saying the, I'm saying the I'm saying the American I'm saying the American government should not be involved in doing that, and they shouldn't have acted in ways to get the the. I mean, the problem is the situation's not analogous. It, it, you're comparing a house American and someone breaking in to this giant uh, clusterfuck of of different nations and governments involved and treaties that were broken. And I mean, it's just yeah. it's not an analogous situation. Like other than the, yes, people doing violence them. against other people is bad. But how mm-hmm. we stop that, I mean, you can just say it's bad and we need to stop them. But then what you're doing to is providing cover to the Warhawks who want to go over there and 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 push back Russia. And sorry, but, like that's that is that is advocating for war and that is advocating for an increase in government. And that is not what libertarians do. OK, cool. I'm not a libertarian. Awesome. But no, um, <laughs> but like like, I mean, honestly, your word, your position, Jacob, if he just makes the same thing, that's like it's not anti-war to just say, let's let it let let it end and let them continue to do war. That's not really anti-war. That's either. Yeah, everybody can everybody my, can my, throw this accusation around. We're no, all my position. Anti- is you, my position is you need to like America should be calling people to the table to negotiate a peace. And yes, does that? But does if that they mean... do that, we know they'll continue to invade. Right. You got to do something. This is their Nirvanian fall, f- f- Nirvana fallacy. Uh, like there is no perfect way out. But yeah, out of the crappy it, options we have, stopping yeah. the war now versus letting it go on for another five years. I'm going to do a year. Jacob here. You need to have a high time preference on this one, Jacob. Okay, because your time yeah. preference short term stop the stop the invasion now. That's that's all well and good. But, no, I don't. I don't play time preference with people's lives, Cody. I don't up, go. We need to sacrifice five thousand lives now to try to do something with Russia and and save a, a tiny sliver of land. Like okay. that's not about time preference. That's saying we don't play with people's lives. We don't. We don't get to sit here and play gods and go. No, we have to sacrifice another year of war and this many more thousands of people's lives in order to prevent Russia from getting this sliver of land. No, stop the war now. Okay, yeah, is- and, and and can I just point out that Dmitry Peskov, who is Putin's spokesman, says there is no prospect for diplomatic means of selling the solution around the Ukraine. Sure, they so, no, they they're going to take it all eventually. They're going to throw bodies at it until they do. Like this yes, is which what is what Russia does in all of history. Right, this is what they always have done, and they've ignored every peace treaty they've made with Chechnya and Dagestan and Belarus. They don't they don't care. Right, they're going to invade whatever and do whatever. We can't really control that. My my issue is is just when when these accusations of anti-war go back and forth. Look, on the bottom line, we are, we here in this group are all anti-war. There are a lot of yeah. Z hail Putin, 
yeah. nut jobs that are pro-war, you know? And then there are a lot of, let's be honest, government manufacturing firms that would love to see things continue to escalate in Ukraine for as long as it can, slowly yeah, we, but we're, surely. There, to we're going to need going, five right? years of, of, of weapons production and bullets and artillery alone to get back up to our stockpile. Trust me, Raytheon's loving this. Right. I, right I, I'm right. not disputing that one. Right, right. Bit. Well, and yeah. I, I think a lot of this is disputed. What we're di having a different, different, we're have different, having different, opinions on what to do to end yeah. the war and i think we will have to end this just because we're not yeah, coming we're to not, the same conclusion yeah. one is end it now and then they'll keep fighting and then the other one is keep getting involved and america is gonna america well no and but i think like, it's, i think my is... position is also yours hody which is we don't have to it's not do nothing it's stop the war and keep on as libertarians expanding freedom and is that right. an instant fix okay. no but that's the only long-term solution Okay, and as long as you're good with another two hundred thousand Ukrainians dead by doing that, that's fine. If you're if you're good, because that's what's uh, that's what's going to happen here. I just want you to understand that. Poor, I don't I don't agree with that assertion. But even if that was going to happen, it's not like if this war goes on for four or five years, you're not going to have just as many, if not probably right. double that amount dead. So right. I mean, it's my my point just being that. Yeah, I'm sorry. My anti-war position, I'm not trying to be insulting, but just my anti-war position is just to stop the war, to be okay. anti-war, not to escalate war to end war. Like, I don't think you escalate but, to de-escalate. I don't believe people, in escalation to de-escalate on a global okay. stage Thank with you. millions of lives at stake. But it's, you know, I, and I think to Brian's point, I think the reason it is, and it is offensive that you would call him pro-war, is because, just because his solution looks different than yours. Because frankly... It could very he could very easily flip this around you on you, Jacob, and just say, Oh, yeah, you say you're anti-war when you're just allowing some warmonger to invade whatever country he wants because he's got one nuclear bomb and he can just keep doing it. And you'll make him sign a piece of paper and then he'll keep doing it. But you're anti-war because you're not fighting, you're just letting him kill people, but you're not killing people, so you're anti-war. This is the thing, it's offensive. We are all anti-war here. We are not trying like this picking at each other thing. For me, this is statism. It's a status problem. And so for status love to set themselves up as the only answer to it. Right. right. This is why we have these conversations and why I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up here on something yeah. we can agree on. <laughs> yeah. Because what it ultimately what it comes down to is we do need to have markets fix it, fix this. We also need to have compassion on each other to fix this. Yes. We need to have a lot of love in our hearts for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. We need to have a lot of in our love in our hearts for American brothers and sisters, right? And people who are out there dying and and being killed and understanding that this is a terrible thing and that, that it's not acceptable. Even one death is not acceptable, right? When we negotiate, we're, ne we're using the tools of state, right? So therefore, we are not going to come in, into a position where there is no deaths or no, there's never a utopia, right? This is statism. This is right. the point of state statism, right? We are debating on this show right now, status solutions. Now we may disagree and I know we disagree on which ones are more realistic. That's fine. That's fine. But the issue is, is that it is all bad because it is a statist problem. And therefore, we are trying to form, formulate status solutions. So my, my hope to the audience, to everybody listening here, is I hope you've learned a lot. I know I have about the kind of what do we do in Ukraine, right? Now, honestly, I feel if you have a really strong opinion one way or another, you probably need to learn a little bit more, right? Like this is 
complicated. It's not ungraspable, like I said at the beginning, but it is complicated, you know, and it's important that we that we kind of understand that, not pick at each other, but do push for a solution. It just has to be a non-government solution. And I think right now it, it's going to be a government solution. Either yeah, Brian okay. or Jacob's going to have their way. There's just there's nothing else to it. Right? There's I I would love to see a private solution come into this. I really right. would. I just think that from a logistical standpoint, right? I mean, you're, you're it's it's almost impossible. It's like it, it's like trying it's like trying to hire a UPS to go ahead and deliver food. In, well, in a few years, they'll get it. But yeah, you know. well, and and it's one of those things that like the 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 one of the things that the market is great about is prevention it's not really great at status cures, right? Like, cause what we look at now is we just say, oh, the legal system is corrupt. Okay, just let every prisoner out. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, yeah. well, we've created a status problem. We're going to have to deal with some status solutions. Now we can debate on the efficacy of those and which one more advances freedom. That mm -hmm. I totally understand. Yep. But the important thing is that we are all freedom lovers here. We do need to understand that freedom needs to play a part of this and our philosophy needs to play a part of this, especially our philosophy of individualism. And I love yeah. the people and their right to self-defense, their right to identify, the right to live where they want to live, yep. right? This is definitely, this can become, we talked on about the suckage on borders a lot here, right? I, the, yeah. the ludicrousness of countries to say that they own a piece of land is in, in the electronic age, I hope it's something that in like a thousand yeah. years when we're fully in the electronic era that people are like, why did they do that? Like, it's just a goofball thing, you know? I, I think actually a great thing to, to have done with all of this would have been to go to both Russia and Ukraine and say, bring your smart, anyone who's got a brain wants to get out. Come here. Come on. You get it. Yeah. It's like what we used to do with Cuba. You get a green card. Come on in. Yes. Come part of this country. And watch what the circuit, the dream that, you know, that is Ukraine and Russia, who are already in a population death spiral. When you see that going on, that would have been a great solution. And it's already happening. I mean, a lot anyone who is smart enough and young enough in Russia got the hell out. And, of course, everybody tried to leave Ukraine when they had to. So, but anyhow, Hody, it's been... Uh, I know it's been a little uh, interesting tonight, so that's all right. We knew we were going to disagree on this one, and that's uh, that's. Oh fine no, I, with me. I, I I respect you, and I respect some of Jacob's positions, but I I think it's just I have a hard time sitting there and saying, you know what, just just we're going to stop doing this, and we're going to stop supporting them, and that'll end. They'll come to the peace table because, right. I don't I like I said I, I don't think there's a clear-cut solution it's very difficult when we talk about it because I think on one hand like a lot of the pro-war people have Jacob's position yeah they and, do. And, and and yeah. and and then a lot of manufacturers and feds have your position and it's yeah. like that's the, I, these are both groups that are really bloodthirsty and really do not have your best interests. And right. like, it is unfortunately you and Jacob and myself are all ethical people. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately we're, we're like, what we're doing is we're taking these like monstrous animals and be like, how do we arrange them so that peace happens? And it's like, it's going to be a disaster. They're monsters. They're like, yeah. all these things are like ravenous bloodthirsty beasts. Yeah. So like we try to talk about what can like, calm them down but ultimately no. this shouldn't be an issue we're dealing with because yeah. you know i mean if libertarians and again this is what i really would like to end on for everybody yeah. to understand if libertarianism ruled more in the world like a hundred years ago 
this war would not be happening. Agreed. And so the best thing you can do now is not what we do in Ukraine now because it's ugly no matter what, but what you do going forward, right? Promote those, promote immigration, promote business, promote self-defense. Oh my goodness. Individual yeah. self-defense for other countries would have been huge for this situation, right? Oh yeah. Promoting so many libertarian ideas and individualist ideas would have simplified this so much to the point where it's like, yeah, maybe they hate us. What are they going to do about it? Like, and so this is something to think about going forward because what we do going forward is going to be a mess in Ukraine. Yep. But what we do in other countries and in our own personal lives and the values that we promote, there's the, the Syria bill going on, yeah. I believe Jesus tomorrow, Christ. right? Like all this is, you're seeing it unfold right now. And you may not deal with it. Like a hundred years ago, did we know this war was going to happen? No. Man, but these kind of good. things yeah. happen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, these kind of things happen, right? We can predict this kind of thing. So if we continue to predict closed markets, sanctions, hardline immigration, lack of ability to have self-defense, um, cronyism within our own government, uh, an economic system that relies on spending and war. Right. If we continue to have all these things, you can reasonably assume this isn't going to be the last time this happens, right? So, yeah. you know, that kind of thing is just going to happen. Everybody, thank you so much. I know we kind of had a longer episode today. I really appreciate Brian. Thank you so much for your time. Jacob had to take off, but Jacob, thank you for your time as well. If you are still listening, I really appreciate it. Uh, to those who say we never discuss good things. We just talked about the Jesus ad on our last show. Yes. Please go see that. It was a really great one. We'll continue to have some good stuff coming up. We look forward to talking to you all later. Toodaloo everybody. <laughs>